Hello and welcome to another episode of Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN, a show all about learning how to achieve your goals and dreams as a business owner or just someone looking to find some success in their life. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Bankhurst, alongside the most beautiful man I know, Ron Greenbaum. What's up, Ron? Hey, you know, I'm glad you got it right this time. <laughs> I know. I'm you know, it took a few tries, but I think we're in good shape. But, you know, I think that title may only last for a couple seconds because I think there's a new beautiful person in our lives. And his name is is Shane Wiseman, the producer, singer, songwriter, audio engineer, and just all around awesome guy. Shane, welcome to the show. And thanks for joining us this week on Grow Like a Pro. Hey, thanks, Adam. Thanks, Ron. It's good to be here. So... We, uh, we've had someone you may know on the show before your father, right? Or was it your uncle? Uh, I think, yeah, my, my dad, Jeff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We had him on a previous show and had a great conversation with him and he kind of, you know, told us a little bit about his kids and what they're doing. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool to, to kind of get a little more perspective on everything. So why don't you kind of give our audience a little background of who you are? Sure. Uh, well, I'm a singer, songwriter, producer, I uh, grew up right here in Columbus, Ohio, and then I went to Berkeley College of Music in Boston, where I studied songwriting and guitar. And then eventually, I uh, I, I kind of have like the typical Berkeley story where a uh, professor kind of pulls you to the side after class and says, "Man, you're what are you doing here? You need a you're kind of ready for the." for the venues and all that stuff. So I uh, had a bunch of meetings with my parents and teachers and head of the songwriting department, the whole deal, and eventually moved to New York to just start doing it. Because unfortunately, you can't just graduate and become a, uh, a rock star, quote unquote. So went to New York and I lived there for a handful of years, played all the clubs there, toured the country, recorded with a uh, handful of very very great artists and uh now i'm on my way to nashville to kind of dive into the publishing world down there as a writer so that's oh, very nice so are you are you in still in new york now or is it um i just left i'm transitioning to nashville i'm, I'm actually in columbus for like for a oh, couple weeks nice. so uh a couple weeks here in the hometown the beautiful fall weather i haven't experienced the fall in god knows how long so this, oh yeah. <laughs> so this has been a treat. Very nice. And was this transition to Nashville was it kind of a long time coming or was it maybe due to the pandemic going on and stuff or how did that that decision come about? Well, before I moved to New York, I was I was considering Nashville to begin with and then um you know, just through the waves of music, I I kind of got hooked up with some some people in New York who were crazy talented producers who have worked with people like the Lumineers and Vance Joy, all these great artists. And um, we just started working together and recording together. And they're like, man, you got to check out the New York scene. You'd kill it here. So I'm like, cool, I'll, I'll come to New York. And then Nashville just kind of was slowly seeping in over the years. You know, I started to meet more and more people around the country who were either based there or uh, told me I should go there. And then started to meet with publishers down there because that's kind of where the whole writing scene is in that pop world is, uh, is basically all Nashville based. And I, I consider myself mainly a writer. So it was kind yeah, of time. Yeah, Jane, I, um, I had a stint in the music business myself, uh, 
for a while in, uh, you know, about uh, 40 years ago, actually, or 30. And um, I was uh, a producer and um, worked with a local act here called McGuffey Lane that uh, yeah, I know them. record deals and publishing and still still do and, and uh, still record down in Nashville occasionally. And then uh, I produced uh, concerts. Uh, and so I kind of know a little bit, I've been many, many years ago, but I've kept in contact with a couple of people in the industry. I really don't know what's happening today, but it certainly changed a lot since I was there. And, you know, it's, uh, it's not easy. And I think with COVID it's, it's gotten a lot more difficult. Absolutely. Especially for, uh, people who like to play live and tour and it's all gone. A lot of studio work right now and all the money you spent on the road is really just kind of going into production and marketing and all that stuff. It's a whole different game right now. It's, it's been challenging. Yeah. We had a concert promoter on, um, what about a month ago, Adam? Yeah. And, um, Ryan Alt, Ryan Alt, who was based out of Orlando and he was talking about the difficulties. He was originally from Columbus and, uh, was trying to resurrect some things here, but, uh, the, the live music scene is is just very very difficult. So that'd be interesting to hear your take on a lot of this. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it was weird. I mean, come I played my last show. It was a local show in New York. It was like I think March 9th, something like that. And then a week later, boom, everything just stopped. The whole world just kind of went on pause, especially the music world. So it's been quite the transition for me and all my colleagues. Um, you know, the live streaming has gone through the roof and uh, doing a lot of remote studio sessions, which is very interesting. Um, not that it's that different. Like, you know, we're always sending files and projects back and forth from around the world, but to just not even have the chance to kind of meet up in person is it's pretty frustrating. Yeah. You know, to develop a fan base, you know, obviously it's a big emotional connection, you know, and live performances, you know, have a lot to do with that, I think. So oh, yeah. you're right. It's, it's, it's just a different uh, world. Although, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, people have become very famous on the internet, I guess, in uh, the last couple of years as well. So, just a different way of doing it oh yeah. yeah it's kind of all about you know adapting and kind of making the change and have you have you you know found success in the live stream world like have you like what what have you kind of found to be some some positive points in, in this whole thing or kind of little bright spots anything that, that you'd maybe like to share for people who may be even you know struggling right now to find their voice well i mean it's never a bad idea to do live stream i mean instagram live has been around for a long time and I remember people were doing it quite frequently before the pandemic. You know, you'd see, I think John Mayer had like a weekly Instagram live show and Jeff Tweedy from Wilco and his family, they do like a weekly live show. Now they're doing it like every day. Um, so, you know, you would see more and more artists and especially, you know, independent artists, smaller scales would do it all the time. But now it's like I open Instagram and like, 20 people are live at the same time, you know, trying to <laughs> yeah. connect with people and just play a new song they're writing or, 
here just to play um, instead of just looking in the mirror. But I've actually, uh, right when this pandemic hit, I was on FaceTime with a buddy of mine and obviously we weren't in person talking, but we were on FaceTime and we kind of were just, we came up with a whole live streaming idea. We're like, well, all these artists are going live, but how is it benefiting them other than just being able to play their songs and get that satisfactory? So we're, we came up with this idea where it's kind of, you can like swipe left and right on artists and you can tip them on demand. We're like, well, what is, what are we, this is a crazy idea here. So eventually with months and months of brainstorming and teaming up with developers and all that, we have, we basically have an MVP platform built that we're going to launch here soon called Strave. And it's a live streaming platform where, you know, just like how on the dating apps, you can swipe left and right. I know the millennials love the dating apps. So why not, <laughs> why, not, why not swipe through live performers from around yeah. the world and, and tip them? So that's kind that's of what, what that's been a big project for uh, yeah. the quarantine. Well, let's yeah, that sounds pretty cool. So is it like, is it going to be mostly people who are live or is it going to be also, you know, recorded sessions where people can swipe through to find people or how, do, how exactly is that going to work? It's going to be totally live. So we kind of picture it as, you know, I, I lived in New York for a while, so there's tons of buskers, you know, what busking is where people play on the street, you know, they put yeah, right. a hat down or whatever money. So we'd see that all the time in the, you know, every subway station or every street corner, every park, there's always people busking. And we figured like it could be kind of cool to have like a virtual busking. You know, it's, it's live. You swipe through different buskers from wherever they're located. And then just like tossing money into their guitar case, you're, you're tipping their, tipping them right on demand on their live stream and it'll go right into their bank account. So it's like a, we, we say it's like a mixture of Bumble, the dating app, Instagram live and Venmo. Yeah. <laughs> a fun little trio. Definitely. I think it's a, that's a good kind of synergy of all those things. And, you know, it's a good way to find people and also help people, especially during these times where especially artists who are having such a hard time doing live shows and everything. So Sounds exactly. pretty cool. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm actually curious to dive in a little bit more about the Strave app and kind of how it started and, you know, the development of it. So we'd love to jump back in, but we do have to take a short break. So make sure to stay tuned to Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN and we will be right back. Hello and welcome back to Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN with your hosts Adam Bankhurst and Ron Greenbaum and our special guest Shane Wiseman, a producer, singer, songwriter, and audio engineer. And we, you know, we've been talking in the first segment a little bit about Shane's journey in the music industry, how you know the pandemic has impacted him. But he revealed something pretty interesting that I kind of want to dive deeper in this segment. And it's his it's it's an app he's developing with some friends called Strave. And it's kind of like a what, what Shane? What, what was the way you combined three things? It was like Bumble and Instagram and Venmo, right? Instagram Live and Venmo. Is that's what you're right. Saying, correct? That's that's perfect. <laughs> so yeah, so you were kind of explaining a little bit about the start of it, but you know, everyone has an idea for like an app. You know what? People are like, you know what? This will make me a billion dollars. I'm going to be the next millionaire. I think this is the greatest app, but it's a whole lot different from having an idea to executing it. So. What, what were the steps and what has it been like to develop it? And what has kind of been your role in the whole process of it? Yeah. So um, 
it probably wouldn't have happened with uh without my buddy Brent, who is I, he's basically our, our CEO, and like uh, we were FaceTiming, and he kept asking, he's like, "What are you gonna do now? You're not touring, you're not playing." You know, I'm like, well, everyone's doing this Instagram live stuff, but he's like, well, yeah, why aren't you doing that? I'm like, I don't know. I just, it's not beneficial for me. I, mean, I have a lot of production work to do and I'm just using this as a break from playing right now. He's like, well, what if you were making money doing it? I'm like, well, now you're, now you're talking. So, I mean, after brainstorming for a couple of weeks, we kind of came up with a specific idea where you could swipe through people who are live, just like the dating apps, and have the option to tip them if you like them. And if you swipe right, it'll save their profile and you can revisit it later and check out their socials, Spotify, all that stuff. Um, we're eventually going to have like e-commerce and stuff for artists to sell merch and all that stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he, he re- Brent was the guy who really kind of made this happen and got into production. You know, he, he knew a developer out of North Carolina, um, smashing boxes who have done a great job with us. And we, we hop on zoom calls almost every day, you know, with our design team and marketing team and, and everyone. And, um, it was a lot of work, you know, a lot of zoom calls and a lot of brainstorming and editing and, sending stuff back and forth, trying to get the right product. And, you know, months and months later, we finally have like a solid MVP that is ready to go, ready to launch. Um, but yeah, there was a bunch of people behind it. And it's really just, you know, you got to implement. Like you said, you have an idea and you want to make it happen. You, you just, you got to do it. So you got to find out, right. you know, who's a developer who, who's interested, you know, or do you have money to pay the developer or do, or do they want to, try to come in on the deal and you know, give them percentage. You know, there's a, a lot of stuff to figure out. Um, and I'm very thankful that I had good friends who were going in and on in on it with me who uh, were more business savvy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, just over the months, it really has came together. It's uh, we're, we're pretty proud of this product. I'm, I'm really excited to get it out there. And are you allowed to say like when it's launching? Is it launching in beta form or anything like that? Or is there a way people can kind of keep up with it? Um, that's a good question because we kept, you know, like anything, there's been a couple of setbacks, especially with the pandemic. Um, we're hoping to launch within the next six weeks, though. So uh-huh. we're getting pretty close to it. Um, and you can always. On iOS, Android, all that, all that right. good stuff? Is it going to be that's really right. great? Yep. And people can. You can go live on your desktop, though. You can kind of go to the website, strave.com. Um, and yeah, you can go live anywhere, anytime, any device. And what's the meaning behind the name? You know what? That, that's a funny question. We threw out maybe a million names. <laughs> trying to <laughs> As always. <laughs> what, is, what is the best name? And we wanted to come up with like a word that you know, doesn't exist, you know, like a Spotify, like a Snapchat. You know, yeah, right. all that stuff instead of just kind of, we, we originally said go live was our original name, you know, cause when people are on Instagram, they're like, Oh, I'm going to go live. Are you going live? That was kind of like the terminology that was already out there. Um, so we originally, it was go live for a while. We, we mocked up all these designs and logos, like it was set. And then it was just, it was, 
it wasn't unique enough. And uh, we just kind of stumbled across Strave. Like, like uh, we came up with like, like a music wave, you know, like a file. And then uh, I don't know where the, <laughs> the Strave came from, but it kind of branched <laughs> off of that. Like a music wave. Sometimes they just kind of appear out of nowhere sometimes. <laughs> That's really well, what happened. Thing, I, I actually own a marketing company. And uh, one of the things that uh, I deal with all the time are, are names of uh, companies, brands, things like that. And, uh, you know, what we try to do is, is kind of have a focus group of sorts and run though. Because we feel like, you know, particularly I, I own a number of companies and, we're all in the weeds here. So we, we think everything's great. And, um, you know, I came up with this brilliant idea of the marketing company being called Genesis marketing group. And, uh, I really fought for that name and now it's called green bomb styers because I have a partner, but <coughs> excuse me. So, but I'm a real big believer that a name should, uh, kind of, I, I, frankly, I like go live better because to me, it tells you what you're doing. And that's, to me, what a good name does. I mean, being unique, you know, I'm not a millennial. I'm not a young guy. So maybe I'm talking out of turn here. But to me, if you can, if, if a name, I, I, I've actually do some public speaking and written a book called Brand Face and some other things. And I'm, a, I'm just a giant believer in simplicity. And uh, I've seen failures upon failure. You know, when you drive down the road and you, you look at, at stores and things and you can't tell what they do from their name, to me, that's a problem. Now, you know, again, that's just my personal opinion about it. No, yeah, you're, you're totally right. I mean, we can always bring up those those mock designs, Ron. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, I think another thing that came into play was um, there was already like some other company with Go Live. I don't well, know. Well, that's a different story because right. I don't. I don't know if they. Yeah. I don't know if they did live streaming or whatnot, but there was something wrong with uh, that domain name. Um, so we had we had to kind of be creative because we all loved Go Live too, um, but unfortunately, uh, others have thought of it. Yeah, it's and you know it's a it's tricky too because obviously Go Live like everyone says it too, but. That's also like maybe someone who wants to start a grocery store or just wants to name their store grocery. Like it's, right. it's sometimes it's it's so common. It could be a problem searching and breaking through it. But I agree that Ron, I, I love the idea of simple and but I think Absolutely. that's it's but I but I think the name too is that's a good thing to have like a short name because you want to you, you know also want to be able to kind of use it as a verb like I'm gonna like I'm gonna <laughs> it's time to strave or I gotta go straving or exactly strave yeah. or yeah. Make, yeah. Like that. we want to make t-shirts yeah. that. Say, uh, do I make you stravy, baby? <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> That's funny. There's a lot of playing words uh, we could do to hopefully um, get some money through that that e-commerce. Yeah, because yeah, because you know, for, to Ron's point, obviously, simplicity is great. You want people to know what you're doing, and then, but Absolutely. also, I think it's it's so good to have something that can be part of you know the vocabulary of the world. I mean, it's like I tweeted it. Like it's such like a thing now or things like that. Right. <laughs> it's, that's, it's like that's you said, what, even go live yeah. or things like that. That's exactly what we were going for just to see if we could break in that way. And yeah. um, I'm, I'm bringing on a couple of artist friends of mine who have pretty large followings. So hopefully that will help, you know, get the word across. Oh, yeah, for sure. um, that's what it's all about. Influencers are important. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially in this, yeah. this business too. I mean, that's, <laughs> it's huge. that's, it's, that's huge. Great. it's all about relationships in this business. 
yeah, man, it's uh, it's pretty cool. So, do you have any? Um, and like I said, if, I don't know if, how much you can talk about it and stuff like that. But are there plans for any like premium type services for this app? Is it all going to be free? Is it just kind of a simple, you know, sign up with an account and see everybody? And it's, it's I'm assuming that's probably the the way you guys are going. Um, yeah, there will be a subscription fee if you want to go that route. You know, it's just like a Spotify or any of that. Like, you, there's a free version. There's a subscription version. Um, you know, maybe it cancels out ads and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, right. uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we want to make it pretty accessible for anyone. Um, artists, it will be free to sign up. Um, there'll be two separate apps, you know, just like a Spotify and Apple music, you know, there's Spotify for artists and then you have the Spotify app. Um, so we do separate it in that way. Nice. Uh, very smart. But yeah, it's, uh, that's pretty much the game plan. The MVP is very simple. We want to make it very easy to use where you open the app, you log in, you can see who's live, you can swipe through them, you can check out their profiles, tip them. Um, it's it's very, very simple. It looks very slick. Um, we're, we're real proud of it. Yeah, that's great. I'm very excited to kind of see it in action, do it. And I think it's, yeah. like I said, especially in a time like this with COVID going on, I mean, it could be, this could be really good for for you know obviously you guys if it takes off, but for artists in general because it just Absolutely. gives them another venue to kind of get fan. their voice heard, which is so hard right now. Yeah, exactly, yeah. definitely because people are. I'm sure people miss concerts like myself. I mean, Absolutely. it's uh, such a fun thing <laughs> to be able to do. So it's uh, it's too bad. So yeah, well, we wish you all the luck, and we'll definitely have to have you back when uh, when this goes live, so we can talk more about it and give it a nice big welcome. Yeah, we'd love that. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. So, well, thanks for sharing that with us. Um, we do have to take a short break. So, we will be back to talk a bit more to Shane about his career and kind of how he got started and all that stuff. So, make sure to stay tuned to Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN. And we will be right back. Hello and welcome back to Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN with your hosts Adam Bankhurst and Ron Greenbaum and our special guest Shane Wiseman, a producer, singer, songwriter, and audio engineer. And if you are just joining us now on the show, we've been talking to Shane about his career in music, uh, his his work in, on launching a brand new app called Strave, which is looking to change the music landscape. I'm calling it now, Shane. I believe in you. <laughs> and now we kind of want to, you know pull back the curtain a little bit, go back a little bit farther and kind of start from the beginning as it were. And I, the a question I always like to ask people like, is, was music always your passion? Was this always kind of what you wanted to do or, or have had things changed when you were younger? Uh, as far as I can remember, it's, it was always my passion. Yeah. I always dreamed of doing something in the music world. Um, I think I started playing drums around six or seven uh, I, well, my dad used to bring home like random crappy instruments that he'd find at like a garage sale or something and just yeah. kind of lay them around. And my brothers and all of us would kind of pluck around or whatever, but he noticed that I wouldn't put them down. And then eventually I asked him for, uh, I think for my birthday, like a small little drum set to start banging on. And I did that for many, many years. Just kind of sat there, no lessons, just taught myself. I had the drive. I would learn all these songs all the bruce springsteen songs <laughs> and uh, i would annoy my family and neighbors day and <laughs> night drums is it's not a a friendly instrument it's very loud <laughs> that's a good way to put it <laughs> and uh yeah i did that until i was like 
12 or 13. And then, you know, I kept hearing things in my head while I was playing drums, not knowing quite what to do with it. You know, stuff that songs that really didn't exist yet. And I didn't understand that I was in my head, I was songwriting, but I didn't really, I couldn't comprehend that at the time. And then, uh, I saw Bruce Springsteen live when I was like 12 and I was like right up front, got really lucky. And cause he has like a lottery type deal for his GA. So I got really lucky. I was like right up front. I was with my mom. I'm like 12 years old and I see him strumming that guitar. He's like right in front of him. He's pointing at me. I'm like, that, that's what I need to do. I'm like, I need a, I need a guitar. So saved up money, got a, a cheap little guitar and, First song I learned was Brain Stew by Green Day. Darn it. Darn it. Just those simple chords. Um, yeah. And it just took off from there. I could not, I still can't put the guitar down. If I walk by a guitar, I'm picking it up and people got to rip it out of my hands. So I was self taught on, on guitar when I was like 12, 13 years old, kind of the average age. And um, yeah, then with that kind of came piano and ukulele, bass guitar. I play a handful of instruments. Um, but is guitar still the main though? Guitar is the primary instrument. That's that's my true love. Um, yeah, I love it. But when I graduated high school, um, I mean, if it was up to me, I would have just moved out and tried to go to New York or Nashville right away and saw what you know, see what I could do. But um, my parents were smart and said you should try see what college does first. I'm like, well, if I'm going to do college, I'm going to go to music school. And both my parents really didn't know I like played very well. I was always like in the basement or in my room, kind of just playing, wouldn't show anyone, didn't tell my friends, didn't do the talent shows. It was kind of just my thing. But no bands growing up or anything? Or I, like I, that, I would really? jam with a couple buddies. Um, I had a friend who played drums and another friend who played guitar. But I think my parents just thought like, oh, great, they're making some noise. You know, they weren't really paying attention. (laughs) And what's funny is like, I used to, now I laugh about this with my mom. I'm like, don't you remember when I'd run into your room like late at night and like, oh, listen to what I I wrote. It's like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) Like, oh, great. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) So when I said I wanted to audition at Berkeley College of Music, my parents were like, oh, well, what do you play? What do you want to, what are you playing? I'm like, guitar. I play guitar. And I, okay, I mean, you can try it out. And when I got in, they were like shocked. And at the time when I went to Berkeley, it was still, I mean, it's still a small school, but they've merged with, what is it, Boston Conservatory now? When I was there, it was three, 4,000 kids maybe. And it was like a 6% acceptance rate. So they were, they were not hopeful <laughs> of me getting in. <laughs> Never tell me the odds, right? Yeah. So, um, what was the what was the like interview process like? I'm just kind of curious about about that. Like, what was what was that like for you? Yeah, so I mean, first you send them any recordings or compositions that you might have to share, um, and then they'll call you in for an audition and interview process. So, I think they have them in like remote places around the world, um, but I went to the Boston campus just to like you know check out where the school is at. And get a feel for Boston, see if I you know, would have liked it if I got in. Um, but yeah, you basically go there. There's a bunch of kids and you have a set time. Then they like bring you up to like a practice room by yourself. And they're like, okay, study the sheet music. Um, they're going to ask if you can read 
you know, right off the bat, which you really don't need to. That's just like one of the tests. So I'm just kind of sitting in this room by myself practicing. You have to come with like a prepared piece to audition with. So I just, I brought like a looper pedal and like uh, did like a really cool loop show with my guitar. And then like I faded it out with my amp, which they liked. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. But yeah, then they bring you into a room with two professors and they just ask you a series of stuff. You know, that first you play your prepared piece. It's like under five minutes. And then maybe they'll hop on the piano and like play a small melody and you can't look at them. You just have to use your ear and like, okay, play that back on guitar now. And they'll do that a bunch. Um, then they'll ask for you to sight read and just a bunch of exercises to kind of see your musicianship. Um, and then you go right into an interview with like the dean of the school and he asks you a series of questions and that's really it. Um, I, I remember talking to kids, you know, waiting there like, oh, this is my fourth time auditioning. I'm like, whoa, whoa this is my first. This is not going to go well. Um, but it went well. I lucked out. Or I shouldn't say I lucked out. I did a good job. But You were prepared. I was prepared. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So did they give you like a mentor or anything when you're, you're at the school? Somebody no, can... I, I kind of developed one of my own. Um, I have that classic Berkeley story where a professor kind of, you know, starts like grows a liking to you and your music. And cause I, I would, there was one of my songwriting professors who John Aldrich, and he actually started the songwriting program years ago. He went to Berkeley himself and now he's like head of the songwriting department and everyone loves him. And they love him mainly because I probably shouldn't say this on air, but no tests, no homework in his class. But he swears if you show up to his class, you will learn more here than any other class, which is true. And he never had an open seat. I, I swear it was it was insane. He was the, just the best teacher. Um, and I would go to all his uh, I forget what they call him office hours. And try to play him some of my songs. And he just kind of loved what I was doing and loved my voice and my songwriting at a, at a young age. It's like 18, 19. I already had like 40, 50 songs or something like that. Um, and I was so always you wrote, making you demos. Said? Uh-huh. Oh, yep. nice. And I was always making demos at my apartment so I could show it to him because I knew he was such a big shot. And we we got to the point where we were just meeting like three, four days a week. Um, just hanging out, sharing each other's songs. And he just eventually told me, he's like, he kind of became my mentor, but he eventually said, listen, you got to get out of here. You got to start playing. You got to start writing with other people. Because once you graduate, he's like, what are you going to do when you finish Berkeley? I'm like, I'm going to move to New York or Nashville and start doing it. He's like, right, you're ready now. So he convinced my parents and it was a whole deal, but that's kind of the classic Berkeley story where a professor kind of lets you know you're ready and you got to start doing it. Start working now. That's was great. That, was that a kind of a scary situation for you? Or was that kind of terrifying? Like, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, or was it a little more, there was probably maybe a little bit of relief or like kind of some, some hope maybe there was, <laughs> like there was relief. Right yeah. There was relief because I didn't, <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. No more school. Great. I'm all for <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not and a what, school guy to begin with. What year was this of college? This was my junior year, early junior year. Got it. 
So I was like about halfway through. And uh, that was it. Most people, I mean, John Mayer, most most people you know or have heard of who went to Berkeley, they only went there for a very short amount of time. But they Berkeley loves to consider them alumni, of course. Right, right, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like right sport. There, yeah. What's that? You know, Adam is from a, a musical family, a pretty famous one in Cleveland, actually. His uh, uncle and his mother is a tremendous singer. Oh, yeah? His uh, uncle's a drummer, and they've been in bands all over Cleveland, all over the country. That's awesome. Adam, do you play anything? Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's in, yeah, it's pretty cool. My cousin actually is a guitarist. He actually recently moved down to Nashville. Well, I, I guess it's been a couple of years now. Kind of probably on a similar journey as you and stuff. So yeah, I'd have to introduce awesome. you guys. Have make some new friends. <laughs> yeah, I'm always down for friends. <laughs> it's great stuff. Well, yeah, it's uh, well, it's it's an exciting thing. Well, Shane, once again, thank you for sharing that story and kind of giving some insight behind the curtains and stuff. But we do unfortunately have a, to take a short break before our final segment. So make sure to stay tuned to Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN. And we will be right back. Hello and welcome back to Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN with your hosts, Adam Bankhurst and Ron Greenbaum and our special guest, Shane Wiseman, a producer, singer, songwriter, audio engineer, and all around awesome guy. And if you're just tuning in now, I would say you should feel shame to yourself because you've missed a great conversation with Shane, but you fear not because if you didn't miss any of this episode, you can catch us on podcast services around the gro- around the globe. All you have to do is just search for Grow Like a Pro and you'll find all our episodes with incredible guests like Shane. But once, as I, as I always like to say, we have come to my least favorite part of the show, the final segment, which means we soon have to say goodbye to Shane. So before we do that, though, we want Shane to kind of you know, look forward. Let's, let's, let's leave on a note of hope and, you know, good stuff, because obviously this pandemic is going to, is going to come to a close sooner or later. And Shane will be out there changing lives with his music. So Shane, what does the future hold for you and kind of what can people look out for? I know we talked a little bit about Strave, but what else can people kind of look out for from you? Yeah, hopefully a debut album. I've been working on that, um, last year and a half or so just going in and out of the studio when I have time. Um, I'm really excited about that. Uh, got I have a couple of singles out that they can you know check out on Spotify wherever you find music. Um, what are the What are the titles for anyone searching? Yeah, the, the latest single is it's called Goodbye, which was uh, recorded out out in Brooklyn, and a uh, bunch of great players played on that one. It was co-produced by my buddy Brad Allen Williams, um, incredible musician and. He tours with like uh, Brittany Howard from Alabama Shakes and a bunch of people, and he's just got a hell of an ear. Um, so that one's called Goodbye, which is also a video on YouTube of us playing it live in the studio because that was totally recorded live, that song, oh, which, cool. yeah, which uh, I usually don't do. So that was cool doing that. Um, but yeah, hopefully a debut album within the next year or so. Um, we're about halfway through that. I'm hoping to. Uh, finish it up once I get down to Nashville. Yeah. Any uh any teases or hints of inspiration or kind of what this album album is about for you? Um I don't want to give too much away, but 
picture the second coming Springsteen. That's all I could say. <laughs> there you go. I love it. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. That's, that's great. Not and, too high there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, hey, that's the way you should do it. Yeah, absolutely. I completely I mean, agree. That's what's yeah. going to happen. So, and then, and then, so obviously as we wait for your debut album, but you've, you know, you said you, you've written like a ton, a ton of songs. So I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other music and EPs that you've released and certain things like that, I'm assuming. Um, so yeah, in the past I have, um, me and my team, more my team has taken a lot of that stuff down just to kind of prepare for this debut album to keep that fresh. Um, and just some smaller deals that can't talk about right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've also written just this summer. I've written forty some songs to bring to Nashville with me to sell. That's it. Step up your game, man. What's going I on? I know I, I'm slacking. <laughs> um, but yeah, I plan. Uh, I really plan to break into that that publishing world down there and hopefully sell some songs to uh, some country stars or whoever really wants to sing them. Um, so keep an eye out for that for sure. You won't hear my voice on them, but. The words are mine. I promise. <laughs> that's great. Hey, that's that's a big part of the music, and you know, you're here. I, you got to tell the story from the heart, and it seems like you have a lot of experience doing it. So, I'm excited to kind of see this next this next chapter, and hopefully, hear hear from what happens from it. Absolutely, appreciate you having me on. Great podcast. And, and and what's the best way for people to kind of stay in touch with you, like you know, on social or anything like that, to to hear about all this music stuff or related to the app, Strave, and all that kind of stuff? For sure, um, you could follow. Um, we just made an Instagram account for the app. I think it's called Get Strave, S T R A V E. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm always responding on Instagram, just Shane Wiseman under my name, and I have links to all my music in my bio there, and. I'm always down to connect with uh, fans or if anyone has any questions in the music world, I'm always, I'm always here for that. That's super exciting. And, uh, you know, we always sometimes like to ask people like, what's something else about you that, that uh, other hobbies besides music or anything else you kind of want to share with the world? Hmm. I'm a scratch golfer. I love hey, there golf. You go. <laughs> <laughs> love golf. Yeah. Ron's a professional golfer. Yeah, Ron? right. It was great. <laughs> yeah, we have some golfers in there. My claim to fame on golf is I live right across the street uh, from New Albany. I mean, oh, nice. So, uh, you know, that that's my claim to fame. In the last six years, I've lived on four different golf courses. Oh, wow. And played about <laughs> four life. That's yeah. the life. That's the life. That's it. Well, that's we'll super awesome. We'll have to awesome. tee it up sometime. Yeah, that would yeah. that would be great. I I keep meaning to go out with Ron. I we've been talking about that. I'm I, I can hit the you know, ball. By very the way, far. Adam's my son-in-law. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that. Way to I bring that up at that the either. end, man. <laughs> yeah. This is great. I didn't know that either. It's a surprise to me too. So now a, I now I get the rapport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, fortunately, um, he, I have a great little grandson that uh, was actually just over to uh, my house here recently, but he's a He's a cool little guy, year and a half old. Oh wow! Congratulations, yes. that's awesome. Thank yeah. you. He's the greatest, greatest thing ever. I'm gonna have to introduce him to some of your music. We'll see if he dances. That'll be the ultimate test. That is the ultimate. Can... That's the generation. That's the next one. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, Shane, once again, thank you so much for for sharing your story yeah, with thanks, us and. Man. 
Yeah, we, we very much look forward to checking in with you in the future and see how much, what I'm sure will be a great success. And we wish you all the best on your journey to Nashville and beyond because it's a lot of exciting things coming up. So we, we wish you the best, man. I really appreciate that, guys. Good chatting. And obviously, if you want to be a part of the show, you can send an email to hello at growlikeaproshow.com. Once again, that is hello at growlikeaproshow.com. And you can catch us every Saturday on 610 WTVN at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can catch us on podcast services around the globe. All you have to do is search for Grow Like a Pro and you'll get a whole list of awesome interviews with guests like Shane and other people from all walks of life to hopefully help you find some success in your life. So, you know, until next time, we really, truly appreciate you taking this journey with us. We can't wait to see you next time. Hope you have a great day and or night. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. See ya. 